Mark, is that all right? And just like play a little quieter, Daniel, but that's beautiful. And if you could play louder and you play quieter and you play louder. Acoustic girl myself. It was so amazing, you know, being there again at the birth of my grandchild and just like being right in there amongst it and watching my little grandson, you know, pop out and look straight at me. It was the most beautiful sight ever. And the minute he came out, just a bit quieter, guys, sorry. Just a little quieter, yeah. It's all right. I love it, but... I need to talk. Um, the minute that he came out, his little mouth started going like that. And um, we, ra- you know, they wrapped him up. They didn't even weigh. They don't weigh them and do all that sort of stuff these days. They just cut the cord, wrap them up, give them to mom. And I got to hold him like just a couple of minutes. Anybody see the photo on Facebook of me like this? He just happened to have wind at, the, at that time. So he went, he just smiled for the camera because he had wind at that time but like that was just moments after he was born and moments after he's born his mouth is just gone like I put him next to my face he's like you know and and it's so amazing how immediately when we're born we we straight away have a need to drink we straight away we have this thirst within us that that needs to be filled, amen. We sort of know straight away. And it's amazing that, you know, Julie as a mom, down a bit more, sorry. It's amazing that Julie as a mom, it, it, you know, she just gone through like, you know, 14 and a half hours of five minute contractions. Uh, and uh, that was, you know, she was tired, man. But as soon as that little baby saga, you know, it's like Julie says, give him to me and let me feed him. He's thirsty. And that's how God is with us. You know, I said to Julie, did you sleep much last night? She said, no, he's so thirsty. He just wants to eat, you know, drink all the time. And him eating is more important. And as soon as that little baby goes, you know, it's like Julie picks him up and she's there for him. And that's how God is for us. God responds immediately, immediately to hunger and to thirst. And right now across the earth, God is calling his people into a deeper hunger, into a deeper thirst for him. Many of us in the last few years have gone through some pretty amazing stuff, some trials, some tribulations, some persecutions, some sicknesses. Things have happened, some finances that haven't been there, stuff that's happened with our kids, amen, stuff that's happened at school for some of you young people. And it's just felt like a wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And as Daniel brilliantly preached this morning, and if you weren't here, you need to get online and get that message. He is a brilliant teacher, Daniel, brilliant teacher. And I'm still eating the food that you gave me this morning. Amen. But as he brilliantly said this morning, amen, what was I going to say? I can't remember what you said this morning. <laughs> hey? He brilliantly said this morning that God allows us to go through things, that God tests us. He said this morning, Satan tempts us, and God tests us. And God allows us to go through things that test us because we so easily forget about him. 
We so easily, like the Israelites, as Daniel said this morning, the Israelites, you know, they would be just like, God would just bless them and they'd, you know, be set free and the waters would open up for them and then they'd go into into this beautiful land and then they would forget about God. And we are so like that. You know, God touches us, God does miracles for us, God touches our finances, our homes, our families, our schools. He even touches our teachers. Amen. And then we just turn around, we just say, everything's going really good, and we just forget about God. Who's like that? Anybody like that besides me? Or am I the only one that just, you know, forgets about God when things are going good? And then something goes bad again, or something goes wrong again, and we're back on our knees, crying out to God, and I think that, Um, Garth said last week that Pastor Phil Pringle, you know, said it's crisis Christianity, that we get to this place where we just, we're just living in in a crisis and then we're down and then we're up and then we're down and we're up and we're down. And the only time we're really with God is when we're in crisis. But I don't know about you, but I just want to be with God all the time. And I know there's levels of hunger and thirst and there's times when God pours out his spirit and there's times when he draws back and tests us again and then he pours out his spirit again. But I truly believe this. If we as a people, as generations together in this day and this hour, will truly hunger and thirst after God, we will see this tonight in this worship, We've been there before, I'm telling you. I know what it feels like. Garth looked at me. Garth was born again in revival, weren't you, Garth? In the crazy days of revival, he came into a school hall and it was just God. And he was born again in that. And he just nudged me and he said, it's coming. And I said, it's here. Because we know what it feels like when God turns up. God is turning up the heat in his churches right across the earth. He's turning up the heat right here. And he's asking us as a people, will we hunger and thirst after him? I saw hunger and thirst in this worship team tonight. Amen. I can feel it coming off this stage. And it isn't just coming from one person. It's coming from the whole team. I mean, you guys are on fire. Amen. And it was just so beautiful. You know, it's, it's just God. Amen. Matthew 5, 6 says this, Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. Luke 6.21. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Psalm 143.6. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Who felt like that tonight? Psalm 42, 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? How many feel like that right now? Like, just where can I go? I just got to meet with God. It's just like no to that, no to that, no to that, and no to that, or that. Now it's not a knob anymore, is it a, one of those? Amen. No to all the distractions. I just got to go and meet with God. Amen. My soul thirsts for you. That's where that song came from tonight. Psalm 42.2, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. Psalm uh, 63.1, you God are my God and earnestly I seek you. It's time to get earnest. It's time to get real. 
it's time to stop with lip service and actually do the stuff. That's how I feel. I'm preaching to me tonight. You know, how, how many times do I say, God, I'm so hungry for you and then I, I'm going to wake up early in the morning and I'm going to seek your face and, um, and the alarm doesn't go off and then I get up and then it's like I have to make school lunches and I'm here and I'm there and I'm driving there on the phone and I have to run to the office and say, God, I'm hungry for you and I'm going to make time for you at lunchtime. And it's like the whole day, and it's just like, God, amen? But we need to get earnest, earnestly, honestly, earnestly, transparently. I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and a parched land where there is no water. You know, you, you may be surprised to know this, but Australia isn't just a land that has vast deserts where there's not, not a lot of water in the desert. But Australia spiritually is probably one of the driest lands in the earth today, right now. Other, other ministries fly into Australia and, they, and, and prophetic ministries and they reckon that they can feel the unbelief. Is this mic all right? Is it just like weird? It's all right? They reckon they, that as you fly into Australia, you can actually feel the unbelief and the apathy hit them. And they've actually got to pray and wait and get through the apathy, get through the unbelief to even stand up. That's why a lot of American preachers, when they come in here, say, are you with me? And I don't think it's just because they want us to go, amen, brother, amen, and do the American thing. I think it's just like, is anyone alive in this country? Is there anyone that's calling on God? Is there anyone that's awake? Amen. You don't realize how hard this land is here to toil. How hard it is as a Christian in Australia to stay alive and to stay awake and to stay on fire for God because we are battling the strongest principalities and powers that just want to put us back into apathy, that want to put us back into unbelief, that just want to get us into our Western culture, all comfortable, all cosy in winter with my nice doona, with my nice telly, my nice heater, and God doesn't fit in this world. Amen? Until something happens, you can't pay the bills and the doona's gone, the heater's gone and the television's blown up, and then suddenly it's like, God, I need you. But we need to do it now. Amen. In a dry and a parched land where there is no water, it's really difficult to find water in the desert. And Australia, spiritually, is like a spiritual desert. Why? Because we are really, we're not like a backslidden nation. We actually are just starting to learn about God. How many people have I said, are you first-generation Christians in this room? Put your hand up. Are you the first generation that got saved in your family? Yeah, me. Look at them. Do you know what I mean? Like, we haven't got generations of, of Christianity here. We're actually birthing something new in a dry and a parched land where there is no water. And of course, the thing that people do, is everybody okay up there? Do the singers need to sit? Singers can sit if you want. I'll just keep the band up and I'll call you back up. You know, the thing that people do is when there, there isn't things happening fast enough or the way that they want to happen, 
They create their Ishmaels. Amen? Do we know what I mean by Ishmael? You're all looking, I've got three. And Ishmael was when the, the promise came to Abraham that he would have a child. And Sarah was barren. And so instead of waiting for God, he actually slept with his maid and had Ishmael, who actually now is the father of Islam. That's the mess we have, because someone just wouldn't wait for God and wait for the promise of God and entered into it. And what we do in Western churches and in Western nations is we're just so... We're just so not waiting for God and crying out for God. We're just so comfortable that we make our churches more comfortable and we we have a form of godliness, but we almost deny the power therein. And it says this in Jeremiah 2.13. My people have committed two sins. Number one, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You know, we can dig our own cisterns. We can, we can do good music. We can have good lights. We can have great buildings. We can have lots of pretty people that wear nice clothes. We can have people at the door that say, hello, welcome to church. We can have a great cafe. We can have great people that answer the phones. And we can do everything right. It can be so systemized. And it can be so good. And the admin is fantastic. And the bookwork works wonderful. And all the bills get paid. And everything's lovely. And everything's rosy. But it can be a broken system that holds no water. And I'll tell you what. We may not have all our ducks in a row in this church. We not, may not be able to pay all our bills. We, not, we may not have everything completely in order, but I'll tell you this. We're never going to build a broken system that does not hold water. Whatever it takes, we want the living water in this house. We want a place where people can come and never be thirsty again. Jesus said, come to me. I am the living water. When you drink from me, you will never thirst again. Jesus is the living water. Amen. And us, like children, we need to start to get thirsty only for him. We need to begin to develop a thirst for living water, not for other things that may satisfy us for a time and then they fade away. But we need that true, amen, living water. Romans 13, 11 says this. Just a little bit more acoustic and less that. Romans 13, 11 says this, and do this. Now listen to this. Understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. Listen to me. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Amen? Ephesians 5.14 This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Do you know that waking up is a choice? 
How many got alarm clocks? Amen. You know, I know some people got three alarm clocks. As that one goes off, they turn that one off. That one goes off, they turn that one off. And that one goes off. And then they, they, they don't get up anyway. But you know that an al- when an alarm clock blows off and it says, it's time to wake up. You have a choice right then and there whether you wake up or you don't, especially in winter when you've got a warm doona on and you just want to snuggle back down, especially since I've got those flannelette sheets, it's worse. But you have a choice. And when you hear the alarm of God going off, right now there's an alarm right across the nations of the earth. God's saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You have a choice to roll back into your comfort and stay there, or you have a choice to get out of bed. Maybe it's cold, maybe it's hard, maybe it's going to push your flesh the other way, but you've got a choice to do it, amen. We choose. We choose God. We choose God. He calls out to us, but we choose him. And when we get out of bed and say, God, I am so thirsty for you. I want to wake up. I want to come out of this place. I want to change, God. I'm thirsty for you. God runs to us. God runs to us and fills us. Amen. Not according to our goodness, not according to our good works, but according to our hunger. The level of our hunger, the level of our thirst, he will fill us. Amen. I was thinking of that movie, Sleeping Beauty. Who knows that movie, Sleeping Beauty? And in the movie, Sleeping Beauty, like people my age know it. And in the movie Sleeping Beauty, um, there's, a, there's like a curse that's put on the land. And the whole land just is under this curse and the whole land goes to sleep. And the princess goes to sleep, amen. And she's up there in the chamber and, and, um, and everything's asleep and it's all overgrown with weeds and all that kind of stuff. And the prince has to come along and give the princess the kiss of life. And then she wakes up and then they go around waking everybody else up. That's basically how it happens. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that as God begins to awaken us, the prince, the princes, the princesses who are supposed to stand and rule and reign in this hour, how then we can turn around and wake other people up. It's like a chain reaction. How many of you guys are, you know, right now are getting touched at church or getting touched at youth or even getting touched in your lounge room at home? And then you just, you just like, you're on the phone saying, man, God is awesome. Like, God, you're on Facebook, you're Facebooking. God is amazing. God just touched me. And the next minute, that person goes, ding, wow, I want some of that. And then that person wakes up. And then another person, they ring another person. Guess what? I was just talking to so-and-so and they got touched by God and this happened, this happened. And as they were talking to me, it's like, bang, the lights went on and I woke up and now I just want to wake you up. And then this person goes, I just woke up. I just woke up and I'm awake. And then it just goes on and on and on and on. This chain reaction of waking people up. Amen. And it says in Lamentations 2.19, Arise. Cry out in the night. As the watches of the night begin, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him. 
for the lives of your children who faint from hunger in the street corner. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be responsible for young people, for older people, for people that are fainting from hunger. You know, Pastor Phil said there'll come a time where there's a famine of the word and people will go looking for the word. And that doesn't mean just the word of God. That means the prophetic word of God, that there'll come a hunger, that people want to hear the now word of God. This morning we had that many visitors here and every one of them was saying, I'm so hungry for God, but I'm not finding it where I am. And I need the word of God. I need the prophetic word of God. I need God to speak to me in the now. And sometimes in our church we can become so complacent with that. So complacent with the fact that that you are getting the now word, that you're able to go into worship like that and we let our worship team lead you into worship where they can sing in the spirit and you can get down your knees and we can all be just normal, normal in front of God, not performing, not putting on some show, just being real, amen, because that's what God wants in this day and this hour. Don't take it for granted. When there's a moment like that in the service, when God comes down like that, just get your face down before him, amen, and suck everything out of that minute you can because you never know. That might be the very minute that changes your life forever. Forever. One touch of God. One glimpse of his glory. You'll never be the same. I know I've seen it. I've been there. And I want it again. And I want it more. And I'm more hungry than everybody in this whole place. And I'm getting it first if you don't hurry up, I'm telling you. Because I'm just, I'm ready to get smashed, amen. I've had enough of me. I don't like me when I'm dry. Do you, Daniel? I don't like me when I'm dry. Not nice. Amen. I want to be filled with God. I just want to be filled more. More, 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 more. Amen. (laughs) Do you know that all of creation is groaning right now? All of creation is groaning right now. What for? For the redemption of the sons of God. Why? Because the whole of creation knows that there's going to come an unveiling of the sons of God. The glory of tonight, I saw it on the faces of these people up here. I saw it on my own daughter. I just went, Jamie, go. That's my girl, yeah. I looked and I saw something on her face. It was an unveiling of the glory of God. Amen. It says in Romans 8.19, the creation waits. All of creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Let's stand to our feet. God, tonight, young person, older person, can I have the worship team? Let's do that song. Do you want to be revealed tonight? Amen. And John 7.37 says this, On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Let's all run to the front this morning, tonight. Let's come to the altar and sing this.